Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Pest Control, an actual play podcast with Q Times. I'm your GM, Sam. I use he, him pronouns. And this week, we are beginning our new season. We are going to be returning to Monster of the Week by Michael Sands and Evil Hat Productions. We are going to be playing a sequel to our series Pest Control, which was made as a live stream for Q Times in 2019. To that end, although this is going to be a sequel, this is also a great time to hop on board. There are going to be things from the first season that are relevant to this second season, but they are going to be uh, sort of the setting. Like a, a lot of the stuff from the first season that we are including just pertains to the fact that this is a world where people know that monsters, or as some of them prefer to be known, myriads, exist in the world. That is just a thing that is known. Uh, If you would like to go back and listen to that first season for some additional context, and because I think it is genuinely a great story, you can find that at bit.ly forward slash fight the monsters, which is capital F, capital T, and capital M. Capital letter at the beginning of each one of those words. FPM, baby. FTM faster than male <laughs> male faster than male. All right. <laughs> Most things are. So I am going to stop talking now and let my cast introduce themselves and the characters that they are going to be playing this season. Hello, I'm William White. They them. And I am playing Kelly Aberdeen. He him. He is the crooked. Hello, my name is Jonas, pronouns they, them, generally. And I am playing Rabbit, pronouns he, they, or she, depending. I would say in his most, um, I don't want to say the, his most canonical form, but probably his most recurring form. He will be mostly using he, him pronouns. But Rabbit is one of many appearances and sort of personas, as we will sort of explore through the story. So that will definitely be changing. Uh, and Rabbit is the Shape Changer, which is a new custom homebrew playbook that Sam and I have been sort of collaborating on and Sam has formatted in the Monster of the Week playbook form. Yeah, if you want to know more about that, we did uh, some character vignettes yeah. that you can go and listen to. They will be up in the feed before this episode goes live. I'm not exactly sure whether they'll be before the Ground itself game or after the Ground itself game. But uh, they will introduce you to these characters in a little bit more detail and into their their stats and their moves. The shape changer is something that uh, Jonas and I came up with because we didn't really feel like the monstrous was appropriate for their character, even though that was sort of our next best option. That was kind of the foundation for it. Yeah. Yeah, so we decided to build something slightly different, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy yeah. with how it came out. I'm really, really excited to play with it this season and see, you know, what what works <laughs> and, and what doesn't, too. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely um, open to changing it as we sort of play. We're playtesting it, basically, with this as right. well. So um, it's subject to change, but the just since it is a new thing, just kind of the, the, the core part of Shape Changers, as you would guess, changing your physical appearance and basically building relationships with people slash calling on past established relationships. So there'll be some moves relevant to that. My name's Sam Dar. I use uh, she, they pronouns, and I'm playing the character Nami, who uses she, her pronouns, uh, and the Divine Playbook. Okay, so uh, let me explain quickly a little bit about how this game works. If you're already familiar with Monster of the Week, you can go ahead and skip ahead. I won't hold it against you. (laughs) 
but for those of you new to the game, Monster of the Week is a Powered by the Apocalypse game system. It uses two six-sided dice for every roll in the game, no more d20s, with a one to six indicating a failure, a seven to nine indicating a mixed success, and a 10 plus indicating a full success. In this game, there are five stats, charm, cool, sharp, tough, and weird. Every hunter has access to eight basic moves which use those stats. There's kick some ass, which uses tough, act under pressure, which uses cool, help out, which uses cool, investigate a mystery, which uses sharp, manipulate someone, which uses charm, protect someone, which uses tough, read a bad situation, which uses sharp, and use magic, which uses weird, but might be swapped out for an alternative move for some of the players, depending on how they've built their characters. In addition, hunters also have special moves based on their playbook, which only they have access to, and we'll get to those when they come up in play. Each of the hunters has seven harm boxes on their character sheet, which is basically their health. Once they mark the fourth box, they're considered unstable, and they'll continue to take additional harm, even from rolls they might otherwise succeed on or not take any harm from as they begin to bleed out. The other resource they have at their disposal is luck. All of the hunters will start with seven points of luck, which they can spend to turn a failed roll into an automatic 12 or heal harm. However, the more luck they use, the closer they grow to being doomed. And if they ever run out, I can take a hard move against them whenever I want. Success, failure, just walking down the road, whenever I want. So it's bad. <laughs> the last thing is experience. In Monster of the Week, every time you roll a failure, a one to a six, you mark a point of experience. Once you've marked all five boxes, you level up and you can take a stat increase, a new playbook move, or something special from your class like gaining an ally or buffing your magical abilities. This season, I'm also adapting the bonds mechanic from other Powered by the Apocalypse games and combining it with the belief system from Blades in the Dark games like Beam Saber. We're gonna keep calling them beliefs just for clarity. A belief is a brief statement about how a hunter feels about another hunter. Beliefs are simple, quick, and influential in the rapport between the two. However, the players need to remember that their beliefs are not necessarily true as they're based on incomplete information and gut instinct. At the end of each arc, the players will check in on their beliefs. If they think the belief is resolved, either because their character's perspective has changed or it was proved or disproved, they'll strike it out, write a new one, and gain a point of experience. So, uh, will y'all tell me what your starting beliefs are? For Nami, Kelly believes Nami seems sweet, but is too soft and naive to do what's necessary. For Rabbit, Rabbit is almost definitely a demon, but seems completely unimportant. Then Norfolk, the community, uh, this town could never save itself, so I must. And then finally, the capital T, capital C city. The city has a hunger that will not be satiated with just Norfolk. For beliefs for Rabbit, Kelly is far from unlocking his full potential and needs to start acting now to make the most of his life, no matter what it is he chooses to do. And then belief for Nami. Nami is more like me, Rabbit, than anyone else in town. From Norfolk, the town is stronger than the city and deserves the power the city seems to hold. And then for the city, the city has more to offer than many believe and we should give it some time. Nami believes for Kelly that Kelly and Rabbit should totally hook up because they'd be such a power couple. And then for Rabbit, that Rabbit's been around forever and people need to lay off their case. 
as far as Norfolk is concerned, she thinks that their town has a seed of power inside of it that she needs to help cultivate. And the city, uh, something dark is brewing in the city, and Nami needs to be there to help fix it this time around. Before we get started, I want to talk a little bit about the basis for this season. If you haven't yet, you should go listen to our Zero session where we played The Ground Itself by Everest Pipkin to get a little bit more context on all of this. But basically, this season is an alt-history world where in late 2019, the world was shown irrefutable proof that cryptids and other types of monsters exist in the world alongside humans. Many of the non-humans preferred to be called myriads. Many myriads have chosen to like take their masks off and now live in their preferred forms, but some of them have chosen to remain hidden, kind of worried about how revealing themselves might affect the lives they've already built for themselves in a world that's dominated by humans already. <laughs> Tensions occasionally flare as society learns to adapt or offers resistance to the incorporation of non-humans, but so far things have remained mostly peaceful. This season, we're picking up in the summer of 2022, which is coincidentally when we are recording this. This season is going to be entirely set in Norfolk, which is a town somewhere in the U.S. that is quickly being swallowed whole by the rapid expansion of a neighboring city and which has plenty of secrets of its own. This season is going to be exploring the dynamic between those two places, as well as the dynamic between myriads and society at large. With that uh, comes a warning. We will be getting into topics surrounding police and police violence. So if those topics are something that you find upsetting, please take care of yourself. You can always step away, stop listening, and you can always check the content warnings in the episode description before you listen. Good morning, Norfolk says the voice over the radio. Blasting from the radio alarm clock, you bought with every intention of disabling the radio feature. The voice is deep and frenetic, and you wonder idly if people like this can find any other career path, or whether the powers that be select them for shock jock radio ship as soon as they develop Adam's apples. It's beautiful clear skies out there again. Not a cloud in sight, but you might wish there was something blocking the sun. Highs today are climbing into the triple digits, and lows aren't much better. I fried eggs on the hood of my neighbor's car today, and let me tell you, he was not happy. So if you see an irate 50-something in cargo shorts and a polo, you can tell him not to find me. The big story today is the same old, same old from the last few months. Big shots on Pennsylvania Avenue are working hard to come up with an answer that will get them reelected. And who knows, they might even have a good idea or two. Yesterday evening, we heard testimony from Professor Thomas Wessler, a community college professor who was amongst those aboard the HMS Marionette when things went sideways two summers ago. He claims to have met Keeley Stewart and is one of the public faces of the Myriad Freedom Movement. But he is also a vampire. I'm sure he'll fit right in on Capitol Hill. No, no, I'm just kidding. We all know those guys are lizard people. I mean, someone tells me monsters are real, I say, yeah, I know, I see the news too. Professor Wessler gave a rousing speech yesterday about the state of the movement to recognize public-facing myriads like himself. Here's an excerpt. Yes, I do believe that we can coexist within human communities. Less than a year ago, I was human. My condition, which I remind you, Senator, was the only way I'm sitting in front of you today, is not a curse. It did not make me forget that murder is wrong or that I should be respectful of my neighbor. I'm the same person I was before the change, except now I buy stronger sunscreen. 
Alrighty, folks, it's time for Fork Talk, Real Citizens, Real Questions, My Answers. How do you feel about Professor Wessler's testimony? How do you feel about the Myriad Freedom Movement? Call in now and let's chat. Ooh, looks like we have our first caller. Hello? Another voice, muffled by the static of cell phone distortion, joins the radio DJs. The voice belongs to a young woman. Hello. Hey, you're on Fork Talk, Real Questions, Questionable Answers. What's your name? I'm Sheila, uh, she, her. Hey, Sheila. So what do you think of all of this myriad stuff? I, I don't know. You don't know. Well, ma'am, I, I hate to break it to you, but this is an opinion show. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I really get a say. Oh, okay. Why is that? Not well enough informed? Um, I'm already dead. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you caught me off, off guard. So you're a myriad then, or, or just a ghost? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. But you're dead. Mm-hmm. What, got some unfinished business? Someone, uh, someone not treat you right? Uh, some, something like that. Sorry for making it weird. I, I was just tired of being alone. Well, uh... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, something bad is happening in Norfolk. Things are changing. There are, there's these places that people shouldn't go, and they're they're going there. Uh, you you mean like break-ins? No, uh, not exactly. It's just everyone listening. You need to you need to stay away. Don't come here. Don't walk through any doors you don't already know. Stay away. Uh, stay, stay away from where? Norfolk? Are you telling people to leave? But Static has filled the other end of the line. Uh, Sheila? The Static fills the call, getting louder and louder until the host's voice is drowned completely. You slap at the alarm, trying every button to get it to turn off, but nothing seems to be working. You rip the cord from the wall, but the static continues unabated. You cover your ears, squeezing your eyes closed against the wall of electronic snow until you feel as though you might melt into it, lose yourself in the static, and never know anything else again. And then you wake up. Kelly, your alarm clock is blaring. Uh, Begrudgingly, immediately get up and like hit it. And if that wasn't clear, the, like Kelly literally has an alarm clock. I know most people use their phones, but, Ke- but mm-hmm. Kelly, he's he's like, I got to use my phone the least amount possible. I don't want people <laughs> tracking me. I don't want like, you, you can't know, have the fuzz knowing what time you wake up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kelly, I have a question for you. Is there someone else in the bed with you? Does she usually sleep over? Oh, I, I if if there's going to be any like kind of sleeping over, it's not at my place it's at, it's at her place okay great she is she has never been to my place and excellent. won't excellent i think what we see with the camera sees is just the other side of the bed like we see kelly's side that he sleeps on and then we see this kind of like you know untouched other side what does kelly's place look like tell me all about it yeah so it is it is a non legal like second floor area of the the cheapskate 
the roller rink slash dive bar or whatever that um that Kelly works at. Yeah. And so he's working uh there and then just sleeps above it. It was not it is not supposed to be an apartment and so it looks like that. It's <laughs> I think I think the way that I would describe it is like there is definitely a support beam just in the worst possible place that is like breaking <laughs> up any kind of genuine space that he could have. Yeah. Uh, it, it is making it impossible to like the bed is like kind of taco folded a little bit. Like just oh, because there's geez. really is it a Murphy bed or is it like a or there's there's no frame. It's just yeah, like there's no frame. The it's just a mattress on the <laughs> oh, floor. Yeah. yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. It doesn't have sheets, but it has like a blanket that's like barely covering any of it. There are three pillows, like two of them hard as a rock, <laughs> and the other one is like so so flat you wouldn't even notice it was there. There's some like stains on. It's hardwood floor too. It's like mm-hmm. it's like all hardwood floor, which would be nice, except. I mean, in the summer, it's nice, but then in, mm-hmm. in the winter, it's like so cold and there's no heat yeah. up there. There's like no, there's no heat, no AC, anything like that. Uh, but there is like one uh, big j- like window that f- I, I'm I'm doing this. This is a vi- this is not a visual p- p- podcast. It like rotates a, up? Rotates up. Yeah. So like it's a huge window and Kelly can, he can just take it like from the bottom and push it, oh, sure, push it up. Sure like up and oh, out yeah. from the I bottom. Oh yeah, I see. So the hinge the hinge is on the top of it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So there's one huge window uh, that he uses for purposes to mm-hmm. you know, to escape wow. into the night. This sometimes. is like the end of mm-hmm. uh, like Jamie's outro in season 1 uh, that I listened to the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, interesting. And then there's there's a card table that's like uh, I don't know if we have IKEA. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the cheapest IKEA foldable card table that you could get and it ha- it has like a freaking tablecloth but like a plastic one, just like mm-hmm. a bad like mm-hmm. vinyl plastic one or whatever. Yeah. Over the top of it, it's stained to absolute hell. There's just <laughs> a, there's the only thing on it is like a toaster uh and a a coffee like pot and the kind that you would find in like a, a 90s office video where they're trying to tell you about the coffee, like the, the the office room or whatever, the break room. This is well and truly like somebody's disused attic. Yes. Yes, very much so. Oh, and and I do want to say also that the alarm clock is like one of those old, like the black cat cartoon alarm clocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. What does Kelly look like? So Kelly, uh, he has brown skin... It's not it's not like quite shoulder length hair, but it's it's just short of that, like quaffed sort of to one side, uh, a little bit curly. It would it would kind of be like um, the old Justin Bieber hair, but curly um, <laughs> okay. or or like a really, I don't know, like hot K-pop person like yeah, star, yeah. but curly like that kind of thing. It's like. It it is it looks better than it should. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it seems like like Kelly's a mess except for his hair, <laughs> a little bit. Or like, like you described the house yeah, and the hair are very yeah. uh, um, contrasting. Yeah, he has like deep bags under the eyes. The eyes look tired. Yeah. N- no matter what, he's I think five two is what I decided. Like yeah. very short and and he also is like pretty thin. But like he's he's walking around like you know you know shirtless, mm-hmm. um, and and has like had top surgery, 
So mm-hmm. like just very shredded, just like yeah. extremely, I'm thinking like Bruce Lee kind of shredded, like yeah, yeah, where you can see like every muscle of a muscle of a muscle, like, but yeah. it's like lean muscle, but like lean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that kind of thing. And covered in bruises and, and like cuts, like has scars all over the place. And, and generally when he is up in his quote unquote apartment, he yeah. is, uh, that de- definitely like only wearing like sort of baggy gym shorts. Love it. It is already getting hot in here. You mentioned there's no AC and like right now it is summer in Norfolk and it is like hot. Like even though your dream like didn't seem to make very much sense, there is like a heat wave going on in Norfolk right now. What time does Kelly usually wake up? Like what's what's your alarm set for? If I'm not working, it's like 4 p.m., (laughs) <laughs> okay. Is it a, it, I would say today is a Saturday. It, does Kelly usually work Saturdays? I think, I think so. I think Kelly, okay. I think Kelly is usually doing night stuff during the gotcha. week, mm-hmm. but, uh, on the weekends, it's like very much like this is my time to work. So this would be early then this would cool. be like, I mean, Kelly just got like two hours of sleep. I would, gotcha. I, I would say, and then, and it's like 8 a.m. Gotcha. It is already hot in here then. Um, so wait, sorry. So it is currently 8 a.m. or 4 p.m.? Yeah, it's 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Okay, great. Uh, so even though it is only 8 a.m., it is it is really already very, very hot in here. I mean, he's immediately pushing the freaking rotating window thing I was talking about open. It's just like, boo. What can you see like through that window? Does it face more of Norfolk? Does it face the city? Like, can you see the skyscrapers off in the distance? What do you see? Or is it like another, like, is it like apartment building right there? Like, no, I actually think that the view is like immaculate. Mm. It's like the one saving grace of the apartment. Yeah. And, and yeah. it doesn't point towards the city. Like okay. it is, it is maybe the best it could be. And maybe that's also why Kelly isn't really trying to find a new place to live because, oh, sure. I work here. I get it pretty cheap because it's technically illegal and <laughs> I don't need, I don't need much. And also mm-hmm. like open that window, that huge window, and you can just see the the community, the neighborhood of Norfolk. And mm-hmm. I mean, you see like, I don't know, kind of like a Central Park area or whatever, and you see benches and you can, you can see for a while because there are no taller, not even like two story buildings blocking the view from where it is. I can totally imagine just based on where I have a little map I need to send to you guys of like basically what where I think everything is is laid out in Norfolk. And based on what you're describing, it sounds like Kelly's apartment window is facing like east. You could see like the river and you could see like some of the suburb kind of areas and you could see the turntable shopping center kind of in the distance. Mm-hmm. Does that does that sound about right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Cool. Well, Kelly, there is a knock at your door. Is the door, I'm trying to picture your apartment space because you said it's up on the second floor. And I know we had talked privately off mic about Kelly not even having a bathroom up here. Right. Like he has to go downstairs to use the bathroom. Yeah, he has to use like the public bathroom. Yeah. Which, is there a shower in there? Like, no, he, where he does takes, he shower? He takes like, either takes like sink showers or goes to like a gy- the local gym. Gotcha. Okay. Has like okay. has like well, a, a membership for like ten dollars a month at like Infinity Fitness. 
Great. I need to write down Infinity <laughs> Fitness. Okay. Is the door up to your quote unquote apartment? Is it at the top of the stairs or at the bottom of the stairs? Like, do you have to go down the stairs to the door or do you come up the stairs to the door? I think you have to go down the stairs and there's a, so the door's at the bottom of the stairs because like if this wasn't meant to be an apartment, if it was just supposed yeah. to be like an attic space, like I don't yeah. there would not be a door up at the top. So like, yeah, totally. And there are definitely times where Kelly has come home really late very tired and like trips over like a ledge that almost falls them down the stairs. Like he he just (laughs) almost has almost like taken a dead deathly tumble like several times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's at the bottom and I don't think it's a very sturdy door. It's like when you knock on it, it kind of like bows in a little bit and it's the inside of it is not a sturdy material. It's like the door could just like snap at any moment. Well, someone is knocking on the door and they are knocking solidly, which based on what you just said about the door means the door is like rattling in its like position. Yeah, Kelly, hand on the head is just like, oh, like two hours of sleep. It was had a very busy night and just it's just like, hey, you're gonna break the door. Uh, yeah, we just we just want to talk to you for a second, Mr. Aberdeen. At this point, he continues talking, but you've already recognized the voice, Kelly. It is Detective Ripley Adams. Uh, I, I got you. You've been tricked. This is a voice recording, and <laughs> Kelly can't come to the door right now, so... <laughs> Uh, please leave a, a a message on a piece of paper and and tape it to the door. I'll see you later, loser. Uh, Miss Miss Colbert said that you'd you'd be up there. That usually you you kind of sleep in. And and Colbert is my boss. Colbert is your boss, Joni Colbert. Okay, well that see that's interesting because then I don't as much as I don't want to talk to Ripley Adams. I don't. I also don't want to get. Joni in trouble because again this mm-hmm. is like this is a pretty slick situation and also illegal it's a good situation <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so again begrudgingly on the other side of the door then Ripley Adams would start hearing like purposefully like loud footsteps down the stairs but like so slow but so slow like letting you know like I'm on my way but like not saying a peep and just mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You get to the bottom of the staircase. Do you do you look out? Is there a peephole or is it just like there is a chain lock and a deadbolt that has been a, that has been like crudely attached by Kelly. So like okay. deadbolt gets unlocked. And it's like the door is kind of bending around where the deadbolt is because this door right. definitely cannot handle having a deadbolt. <laughs> <laughs> um and then so like Kelly oh like unlocks the deadbolt and cracks the door. Like, barely has enough room to, like, the side before hitting his face against the wall and, like, can just barely see through the crack with, like, the chain still attached. And it's just like, okay, yeah, what do you want? You see two people standing outside in the hallway of the cheapskate. There is Detective Ripley Adams, who you know well. And we'll get to why in a second, because I think it's worth setting that up. The other person you see is new to you. She's also a police officer. She's a white woman with short hair, like short blonde hair, like a pixie cut I'm picturing. And she is chewing gum, but she is like grinding her teeth on the gum. And Detective Ripley Adams looks at you with absolutely no recognition. Do you want to say why you know him? Yeah. uh, 
so Ripley Adams, Detective Ripley Adams, uh, almost killed me. Oh. What? Uh, as uh, not the me that you see before you, but the me that is the cryptid. Because Kelly has an alter ego. <gasps> he is a vigilante known as the cryptid. Oh, okay. Cool. And you were late at night sneaking into the the city's police headquarters to look into the death of uh, someone in Norfolk, right? A, a, a kid from Norfolk named, uh, he actually has a name now. We called him the Prodigal, the prodigal Son, son yeah. in, in the Ground Itself game. His name is Jimmy Domal. It's D-O-M-A-L. Domal. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And that's of the Domal family. Who formerly owned a bar called the Stinky, the Stinky Walrus. Walrus. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm super excited to get to at some point, but yeah. that was Sam's creation. I'm very excited to to see where it's at now. So Ripley Adams kind of peers in through the crack in the door with no recognition at all and says, Kelly, uh, Aberdeen. Yeah, well, yeah, that's me. What, what of it? All right. So look, we're looking for some people. Okay. Listen, I, I got work I got to do. This is like yeah, uh, one of the no, days No, no, and he puts so. his hand in the door frame. We're looking for some people to join. Uh, the woman standing next to him speaks up. It's a task force. Look, we're, we're trying to start a thing to... Look, there's crimes that are happening that aren't necessarily by the book. There's locked room mysteries, and there's people with green blood and there's people with whose DNA testing and fingerprints don't work on. So detective Adams takes over again. We're looking to, to put a couple people together and we got a recommendation that you might be helpful, that you might be interested. Well, uh, and uh, who was that recommendation from? Repley Adams like pulls out a little like uh, paper and like flips a couple pages and says, Oh, it's the, uh, the community rep, uh, uh, Jillian Murphy. Huge eye roll. Steps away from the door, just like hand on head, like, no. Uh huh. <laughs> he's just like, he just comes back. He's like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. Sorry. And then like goes to close the door. She, she, he has his hand still on the door. And so he, he kind of forces it to keep it open and says, She's, she seemed to know you. Oh. Are you not saying you're not interested? Because honestly, that's fine. We'll, we'll get moving. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Get out of here then. I mean, like, I'm not in trouble. No? What, is there a reason that you'd be in trouble? I hate I when they ask that. I don't talk to cops. I'm not going to answer that question. I plead the fifth. <laughs> You're making... It, he, like, takes a small step forward, like, kind of leans into that crack and says, making yourself seem suspicious, Mr. Aberdeen. Oh, that's interesting. You wanted my help a moment ago, and now I'm suspicious? Huh. Wow, seems befitting of your situation and not mine. That's interesting. I don't want to get into a whole thing. I don't care if you've got an ounce of weed up there or whatever. Whatever it is. If you're interested in helping and he pulls out a little like flyer or like gets it from uh, Officer Sheridan. If you're interested, give us a call. If not, I could give a fuck. Oh, cool. Thank you. I've been needing more rolling paper. See yourself out. Close the door when you leave. And then (laughs) Kelly just walks back up the stairs. You know, after a moment, you hear somebody kind of reach up and close the door. 
Uh, I want to go over to my my mini fridge that I have in the corner that is extremely loud. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at the flyer really quick. Uh, what does it say? Is it just like general information to contact them? Yeah, it basically says seeking members for a new myriad task force put together by the city council. Basically, the city council voted and said there's stuff happening that we don't think the police are totally cut out for. And they may need some like additional people to get brought in to help them put things together that they might miss because it's a weird thing about the police. There are no people that are myriads or monsters that are out in the police force at this moment. Uh, so I take this little uh, this little Snoopy Peanuts magnet and I magnet the flyer to the fridge. Okay. And then I open the fridge. Uh, hey, Butch. The back of the fridge pushes into infinity and a shadow like way, way, way in the background rises up. It's like the colors all get like. Have you seen that Apple music video where they start moving elements of the part the apartment oh, and yeah. all the colors kind of get banded out? It looks like that. And so from some of the like dark colors, this shadow kind of like comes together. It is a humanoid shape. It's like it had its back to you and it turns around to face you and says, what do you need, Kelly? I don't know if you could sense it or anything, but we did just get paid a visit. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, it appears as though they know where I live now, which, you know, wasn't a big secret. La-di-da. But something to keep an eye on. Detective Adams... If he becomes a greater threat, I can deal with him. That's good to know. We put that on the back burner for sure. Okay. Well, good talking to you as always, Butch. Uh, I've got to be going to work now. So you have the apartment all to yourself. Don't go too crazy. Okay. And Butch just stares back at you. Still, still no sense of humor. Okay. All right. Okay, Butch. Well, um, Oh, is that milk spoiled? Definitely, yes. Yeesh, can you take that into infinity with you? Yeah, just like take that to whatever, you know, place you. I'm not your maid, Kelly. Well, it'd be pretty nice if you were. I'd get you a little outfit. You could, even even just in this shadowy form, you could see that Butch kind of cracks a smile a little bit. Okay, see you, buddy. <laughs> and then Kelly closes the refrigerator. And as you close the fridge door, you know tonight that you have plans. Rabbit, where are you this morning, this Saturday morning? Honestly, I think this morning he probably is at some 24-hour uh, like social venue, whether it's like a... I, my, my immediate first thought was like a uh, like a barcade type place, even if it's just like ski ball and a couple of <gasps> arcade cabinets. Like he's basically uh, yeah. he, he took his two hour moon nap or whatever, like six hours ago. And he's just been like mm -hmm. here with the late crew into the early worms coming in now. If uh, if possible, I guess he's playing. I don't know. Let's say joust on an old arcade cabinet. This is a this is a tabletop role playing game. Anything is possible. Yeah. You're playing joust. Yeah. So you that like and, and it's it's like a it's like a dive bar barcade. So it's like the fancy mm -hmm. thing they have there is one of those like short like uh, you've seen those like Pac Man cabinets where it's like a table that you're playing on the table. Yeah, yeah. It has totally. one of those, but mm -hmm. mostly it's just like old games that like they were able to find it. You know flea markets and uh, Craigslist right. and, and stores. someone was moving out of town yeah. or passed away and it was inherited into this place or whatever. Do you want to name this place? Sure. Let's call it the bunker. 
it, it's it's built on an old uh, like uh, Fallout shelter uh, that was turned into a bar. Oh. Whoa! Uh, I love that. There's not much <laughs> that cool. yeah. There, there's not much that would like make you think that outside of knowing that, and maybe like maybe they have like the um. I think that wheel from that door is probably up on the wall, like uh, as like a centerpiece. But presumably the door cool. is still in place somewhere. Wow, that's awesome! I really, <laughs> really, really cool. like that. Jonas, will you describe for us what Rabbit looks like right now? Because um, yeah, <laughs> that is liable to change. Right now, we're looking at Sage, Sage Brennan Skip, one of the primary personas of the character who we will most uh, notably call Rabbit. Sage uses she, they pronouns, um, has a kind of like severe scrutinizing look um, and dark eyes, uh, red hair, but very clearly like a, an unnatural red hair, bottle red, mm-hmm. and just a ton of freckles, uh, which are also accentuated by some like stuck on like sparkles and glitter, it, it appears. Um, gotcha. So basically a number of the freckles are like sparkling it's a very ethereal look and very um i would say kind of unapproachable like this is not somebody who is looking to be approached or spoken to and she is probably being called over to get back to the bar because even though it's slow she is on shift right now technically oh okay um yeah she was scheduled to come in at 10 p.m someone had to cover for her and she just kind of walked in at like 3 a.m and just started working (laughs) um so it's also it, it it is a slow morning that we are double like staffed for right now because she doesn't communicate so one of your coworkers walks over. This is Raina Germain. Cool. Raina Germain is a young woman with her hair back in a ponytail and deep, carefully applied eyeshadow. The end of her ponytail is the only remnant of a passing interest in bleached blonde hair. She's wearing a pair of red pants that ride the line between pants and pajamas on top of a pair of black and white sneakers. And she walks up to you and says, Oh, hey, hey you, you got a man in the bar. They're going to fire you. Uh... Y'all good over there? Just calling out to the customers at the bar. <laughs> I'm I'm the only other one working. Sorry, one second, Rain. I'm trying I to listen. Can't... I think the customers are good uh, over there. I'm I'm trying to get a drink. Can I? Can I? I just want a Bloody Mary. Um. Yeah, Raina, can you play my game for a second? And she starts walking over. What do you want? What do you want? Oh, um, yeah, and she kind of takes over, but she's not very good at joust. That's okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll walk over um, to, this is, this is I imagine, a morning regular. Um, I feel like most people who are here in the mornings probably Sage has seen the last few weeks since she started sure. working here. This is like an older guy, maybe in his like 50s or so with kind of like thinning hair. Um, cargo shorts? <laughs> uh, no cargo shorts. No ah, cargo I'm shorts. Listening. He's wearing like a like a pair of jeans. This is someone who like definitely like retired okay. early kind of thing. He's got some kind of like lines on his face, but he still looks cool. pretty young. Getting a bloody mary at eight in the morning or what whatever time. <laughs> is it Saturday? Yeah, it's Saturday. hmm All right. You're looking for a bloody mary, how bloody are we talking? Uh, well, don't put real blood in it. Oh, okay. Right, 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 on, right on. She starts making it, um, and she's kind of uh, just casually chatting um, as she's doing this. Like, uh, so I uh, feel like you've had enough hydration this morning, too, have you? Not calling you out or nothing, just checking in with the uh, clientele. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's just good to That's really good cool. So anyway, what, uh, what brings you in this morning? Here is your Bloody Mary. Gonna... It's really bad, by the way. This is me, Jonas, saying. It, it is like, I mean, the ingredients are there. Not super well portioned or mixed. Uh, she's kind of checked out. Just kind of slides it towards him. He, he, like, he, like, picks up the drink and, like, holds it up to the light. And it's, like, clear. Mm. Like, there's no, there's no tomato juice or anything mm. in it. 
That's a little bit. And he a says, little bit. But yeah. A little bit. You wouldn't like know vaguely, it. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> it's like pink yeah. or like vaguely yeah. red. And he says, sure, fine. Here. Here's my card. Uh, and he puts his card down and says, close the tab. All right. Yeah, can do. You're, are you, you're still working? Sorry? You're still, you're still going to work here for the next like oh, hour uh, or so? Uh, I think so. What time is it? She's wearing a watch. She doesn't want to check it. It's like 9 a.m., I guess. Yeah, I'll probably stick around for a little bit. Okay, definitely close the tab then. Yeah, for sure. So she's going to turn around with the card and just kind of like zone out at the register for a while. Basically, Sage's whole thing is to do as little work as possible and really only do it if she's asked and usually reminded, which is Mm -hmm. largely for Rabbit an excuse to just kind of, um, though it seems like she's completely checked out and not listening, he's actually listening very, very carefully, just like with his back to everyone or, you know, looking out over everyone's heads. So he's basically now people watching and eavesdropping. And Sage has had a variety of sort of small time Mm -hmm. jobs across Norfolk, right? Like in my imagining, Sage has worked at like every subway in Norfolk. And eventually like the last one was like, no, no, we heard from all the other franchisees. We are not hiring you. (laughs) That was a different Sage Brennan skip. It wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, she's she's worked a lot of places and lost. Uh, she's she's been fired from every job, or or it's been just like a uh, no call, no show. They didn't fire me, but like she she just kind of stops going when she gets bored of it, and is also really uh, bad about her, her schedule because she'll always tell them, "Yeah, just put me on," and then she'll just kind of show up if she feels like it. Because for <laughs> Rabbit, he's really using Sage to learn these skills and be around people um, in situations where he can observe. Um, so it's it's mostly yeah. jobs as like. Like she's worked, worked a lot of like d- counter jobs and host jobs, no office stuff, really. right? Although maybe occasionally, but mostly Sage is his like, like a temp. Yeah, exactly. So, so she she's someone where where Rabbit can through Sage interact with people, get to know people better without needing to really build any strong connections as much as possible. Try to keep people at a distance from Sage. What's the job that Sage has worked the longest in Norfolk? Oh. I think there's a bowling alley right by, like, like, like one of the closest places <laughs> to the divot that exists. Yeah. Um, the divot yeah. being a, a big, big hole in the ground from a horrible accident earlier in Norfolk's history. And I think, right. I think because of its, like, probably its distance from the city proper, uh, or like from, like, like downtown, um, and also just like its proximity to the divot, it's probably hard to keep people there, I imagine. In my mind, she has been able to keep that job longer because even though she acts the same, they can't fire her because she's mm. like the only person who has been there longer than like a few months. There's just a lot of turnover for various reasons. Whatever reasons make sense we, to you. We should talk briefly about the divot. Sure. Because the divot is not a divot anymore. Mm. The divot is now a business park. For a company called Relegated Production Industries that is building the first, basically, skyscraper in Norfolk. Wow. I know I know what Kelly's doing on the weekdays. <laughs> the skyscraper is done. When Relegated Production Industries uh, announced the project, they were like, oh, we're going to be moving in in, like, early spring 2022. And then it kept getting pushed. Like, then it was like, oh, we're going to move in late spring. Then we're going to move in early summer. And now it's like we'll be in the building by the end of the year. But for all intents and purposes, the land has been like landscaped. Like there's now like a little business park there with some like, you know, small office buildings and like 
just lawn. Like there's no, it's just lawn. It's just lawn and cement sidewalks and uncomfortable park benches with that thing in the middle that prevents people from sleeping on them. And people in Norfolk are not happy because as established in our ground itself game, that area was pretty recently a community garden uh, before it was the land was sold to the city. So then I, I'll, I'll detach it from the divot. I'm just going to say there is a um, there, there is a bowling alley that is uh, not doing especially well business wise. Um, okay. And so it just has a lot of issues um, and has a lot of staff turnover because it's like overworking its staff and yeah. uh, just not getting a lot of business for whatever reasons make sense. Um, Can I make a recommendation? Sure. I think it should still be near the divot. Okay. But I think it's a bunch like a, the people who go there have started to become like like business people. Oh, like instead of it being they instead take their of lunch meetings like, to the bowling alley. Exactly. They're like, oh, what's a hip spot to like have a business meeting? Like, let's go get lunch at the bowling alley. And then it's like nobody tips. Yeah, Ugh. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or they tip like, you know, mm-hmm. people are tipping like 10% or like And it's whatever. also like some of these are like b- those business lunches where they'll come and they'll like get five drinks each and just kind of right. like trash their table area or whatever and then exactly. just walk out. Um, and they're not playing bowling. Like, oh, yeah. None of them are playing bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the bowling alley even like instituted a policy where like they, they got like a minor liquor license so people can bring in their own stuff like a karaoke. And so right. they're not even like selling uh, drinks there as much as they want to. Yeah. It's just like these people are like bringing in their own <laughs> yeah. like Bud Light and being like, let's have our business meeting here. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Can can Sage be the assistant manager there, largely in charge of scheduling, and just only go when she wants to? Like, it, she's been there for long enough that she has a reputation, like, she established reputation with the owner, and just, uh, like, he, maybe, maybe it's also, like, a really nice person, the owner, who just, like, cannot, like, fire yeah. anyone. Because too many people I, are quitting. I, I like that a lot, and I like that you're the assistant manager just because you've been around the longest. Yeah. Like, you're not good at the job, should not be doing it. Everyone else has to, uh, like, manage their own schedules, basically, <laughs> because you never do it. Yeah. Uh, but you've been, you've worked there for, like, two years. Yeah. And so the person was like, well, I guess, I guess I have to give her a raise. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I have to make her assistant manager. I also, I imagine that there's like certain things where like everyone still has to ask Sage how it's done. Like, how do we clean out the mop buckets? How do we, um, what's, what's, what's the combination for this lockbox? The owner doesn't even know. Um, so it's like to fire Sage would mean losing all of that information as well. Before we get too far away from it, I think I thought of a name for the bowling alley. What if oh, what cool. if we call yeah. it what if we call it critical roll? Because you know you like roll a ball <laughs> oh my down. God. Um what if we call like it R O L L, you know? I was what if we call it <laughs> Gutter Punk as a uh Oh, oh Gutter Punk's good. Gutter Punk's cool. good. It turns out Norfolk has a like variety of leisure. <laughs> like yeah. there's like a skating, yeah. there's like a skating rink and a bunch of dive bars and a bowling alley. No, see, yeah. this makes sense though. I'm from I'm from like a really small town, and like yeah. my my small town didn't have much. Um, but like there was a, another town nearby that had a movie theater, had like a, had a bowling alley that I love to go to all the time. There was like, and it was it couldn't have been a more than a population of like two thousand people. And okay, well there yeah, you go. It was like, and they the the funny thing is like there was this really really small town uh, that was like a population of like forty or something like that, oh. where there were two bars, 
There were two oh bars, <laughs> two bars, and wow. then a church right across the street from one of the bars, so that everybody wow. could get out of church on Sunday and go right to the bar. Small small towns are freaking weird. Yeah. Let me tell you. So gutter punk, one word. I'm gonna call okay. Gutter. Boy. So we have gutter punk and cheapskate. I kind of oh, love that's that. great. Oh my god. Okay, so Rabbit, do mm. you have a cell phone? Ooh, does Rabbit have a cell phone? Oh God. Um, I think Rabbit's got to have a cell phone. Yeah, and I think it's okay. one of those things like his clothing that will change appearance with them. Um, okay. Okay. I think that Sage has like a blue Nokia brick, like like a uh, old school. Do you have like different phones that you carry with the, your different appearances, or do you like swap out the covers on them? Yeah, you know what Ra- I mean? Rabbit has a family plan. So I, I'm imagining that like some of Rabbit's like personal affects, like items, will physic like will magically change appearance as he transforms. Oh, okay. Um, cool. So I think Rabbit has two phones. Um, one of which changes with all of them, mm-hmm. and one of which usually changes to be something very small, probably um, and okay. discreet, because that is the phone that his family will use to reach him. Everything else oh, is one okay. that like. I'm trying to think how this would work because he would have to have multiple phone numbers, I guess, so that no yeah, one's like connecting them. Um, that's fine. If he can somehow have multiple phone numbers that are routed to one phone, um, I know, I know what it is. You just have a, a, you just carry around a couple SIM cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he has, and to you swap can just them. swap between the SIM cards. Yeah. So probably all of his personas have missed calls a lot of the time. The only thing I'm thinking with that now is I'm realizing even if we did that, then like the phone company would probably be like, why do these people, this, these aren't family. Why are they on like a, a sh- like why are their accounts connected or whatever? Uh, like, but I think no one at the phone company is. It's, it's, it's more like <laughs> I'm, I'm future proofing against a police investigation, sure, you sure, know, because they would care and they uh-huh. would find out. And, and that's not just knowing where the arc is going to go. There is definitely yeah. something I've been talked about with rabbit is he is definitely committed many crimes in the past um it's part of honestly his 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 uh full-time job is whatever is asked of him by his family which is often criminal um and these other jobs are more of a hobby okay then rabbit your more discreet phone begins to ring Sage just like walks out to the the back alley. There's like, uh, she was like in the middle of making someone's drink and she just kind of slides it to them uh, as she walks out to the to the back alley where the trash is. Hey. Oh hey hey honey. Um, so we were wondering if you wanted to come back to the house for lunch. Oh God, is it lunchtime already? Well, it you know in a couple hours. Um, well, uh, Miss Cold is here, and and she, you know, oh. she just she oh, just wow. wants to uh, chat with you over lunch, maybe. And we thought this would be a good opportunity to to you know we could cook you cook you a meal, hot meal. Uh, I don't know if you've been eating enough. Have you been eating enough? Yeah, no. It would be, it would be good to see you, Mom, for sure. Of course. I, oh, I'm 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 eating plenty. I'm I'm maybe I'm probably eating more than a a normal person would, but I don't think anyone uh, minds. Uh, no, it would be good to see you, Mom. The woman speaking to you on the phone right now is Meg White. Mm-hmm. And you hear your other mom, Tissy, kind of in the background, say, "Hey, uh, make sure to make sure to tell them that um, I'm making tuna fish." Um, and tuna fish sandwiches, and they're gonna be good this time. I, I, I heard that. I heard that. I tell her I trust her and I love her, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, and also this is um, this is probably a, like seems a little bit weird, but I think the moms are used to this. This is Rabbit's personality and like speaking style, but definitely through Sage's voice. Um, so it is not the like the vocal timbre that Rabbit usually uses with them, but obviously not the like 
detached uh, speaking style that Sage would use. Yeah, I can I can come by. Um, is Cold gonna? Uh, you said she wants to talk to me. Is that gonna be one of those like alone one on one things, or are y'all gonna be there? Um. Uh, well, we don't know. She didn't really tell us, but pr- you know, it, it probably one of the. Well, probably one of the one-on-one things. If if okay. I had to guess, probably just one of those. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can come home. Uh, Sage has to finish hey, it. Hey, uh, tell tell Rabbit that uh, it's gonna be okay. Cold seemed like she's in a good mood. You know, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be one of those. This is your third mom, Alec. Did you did you hear your I, mom? I heard it. Yeah, thanks, mom. Um, okay, okay, great. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Sage has to finish a shift. Um, so I want I want to make sure you know that I I'm reliable here. Um, and then I'll, I'll rush <laughs> okay. on home. Okay, all right. What? No, 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 no. I'm I'm serious. I like this job. Sure, finish I, a shift. You I don't wanna, have to tell us what you're doing. I I really I okay. Well, I'll I'll tell you about when I come home then. Um, do you want me to bring anything? Pick anything up on the way home? Stop by anywhere? This is uh, this is almost a code for like is is there like a gig I forgot about? Is there a door that needs unlocking? Is there a car that needs booting? Right. Um Meg says, "Oh no, no. Just just yourself, just your bright shining personality." Okay, my bright shining self. I'll I'll get that prepared too then. Okay. Well, uh we love you. Love you love too. You. Love, love you. you. Love you. All right. Well, I'll see you in a few. Thanks, moms. Does Rabbit do anything to prepare for this meeting with Cold? Yeah, I think um so cold, I think, is a um, sort of uh, not not necessarily a sinister presence in Rabbit's life, but definitely not a comforting one. I think that when mm-hmm. cold has come into Rabbit's life, it has been uh, connected to the more challenging things that they have been asked to do. Um, right. And when speaking with cold, Rabbit definitely always feels like I, so. Rabbit's never been clear on what on what he's here for, like why he was mm-hmm. created or brought to this world by the coven. Um, right. But uh, when he talks to cold, he can feel the presence of that meaning without really any mm-hmm. more clarity. So there's like this pressure on him, I think, especially when cold is around. Um, and, and on top of that, I think she also has that presence of like a grandmother who hasn't been around very often. So when she is, mm-hmm. there's that also personal pressure to like, you know, uh, make them proud and make them proud for your parents or whatever. Um, right. So there's a lot of pressure on Rabbit basically to go and meet with Cold. So I think he's going to need some time just to kind of mentally prepare. And also mm-hmm. he's going to want to change back into his like moon demon form, which we would recognize cool. as Rabbit. Before you do that, let's pause and talk a little bit because obviously this is the first episode. People may not have listened to the character vignettes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Rabbit's situation just briefly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the coven is a, a coven of 13 witches who are specially oriented to moon magic and rituals involving the moon. They're, uh, I guess, de facto leader. I don't know that there's like an unofficial hierarchy, but at least the um, the woman who has, like I think, taken a lot of initiative um, and mm-hmm. who many of them look up to is Cold Moon. Each of them has a primary name that is one of the full moons, basically. They also all will have like an operating name if they do interact with yeah. the public, but some of them just don't interact with the public and most of them avoid it. Yeah, the way you pitched this to me originally is like within the coven itself, they all only refer to each other as the moon names, which mm-hmm. are for the record, wolf, snow, worm, pink, flower, strawberry, buck, sturgeon, corn, hunter, beaver, and cold. Mm-hmm. They all do have names they were born with, 
Uh, and some of them choose to like continue using those names. Some of them just use the names that they've gotten from the coven in public. So for instance, Buck. Mm-hmm. Buck's given name was Aston Kurt. But Buck just goes by Buck. Mm-hmm. Buck just goes by Buck Kurt. And in, in the coven context, I also think of Moon as a surname, but that is right. really a private thing. This is a secret coven, for sure. Even if like they're aware of other witches in the world, they try to keep it very much contained to these 13... I guess now... Yeah, I guess now it's 13 with Rabbit. Yeah, it's 13 with you. And Cold, her given name was Rosa Kalyani, hmm. and she was the second black woman in space in this world. She was an astronaut. She went up with the space shuttle in the early 2000s and then has since retired and moved back to where she was born, which is Norfolk. But she has done a lot of advocacy for like getting the U.S. to continue its space missions. And specifically, her public-facing role is as a proponent of further missions to the moon. Mm -hmm. But privately, she is the, like you said, sort of unofficial leader Mm -hmm. of this lunar coven that Rabbit was born into. And it's interesting that she would have gone to space like early 2000s, because that's about when Rabbit like kind of came to sentience. Uh, Slash was born, because if we're playing in 2022 right now, I basically have determined that Rabbit has technically, like he's been... His first memory was 30 years ago, but mm-hmm. those first two years of memories were like, he was, he was like baby, like, like right. first few months of being a baby uh, in terms of like his ability to uh, process things and have communication with anyone. Um, and then he spent three years as like a fully intelligent, fully sentient, still baby, because he basically right. was like stuck in the form that the coven brought him into the world as. Um, right. And for the last 25 years is when he's been able to like really do all of his like persona building and stuff and go out and like build relationships with people as these different appearances um, and kind of right. build his own sense of self. So he's like 25 years old, which means that he basically came to that point in his life around the time that Cold was leaving. So he probably hasn't known Cold for most of his life, it seems like. I should be clear. Cold's last mission to space mm. was in like 2001. Okay. Uh, her first mission to space was a couple of years earlier. Sure. So like basically... Okay, so would she have been, like, back on Earth still for, like, the last 20 or so years? Or was this, like, a long trip to the moon in 2001? Uh, no, no, she She has never been to the moon. She's oh, only oh, been to, on the, oh, on the space. space shuttle. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but she went to space for the first time probably around 95. Like, s- very similar to the timeline of Rabbit being here. Mm-hmm. Because she is one of the ones who advocated for Rabbit's personhood, mm-hmm. creation, what a summoning, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like she was one of the driving motivations behind the reason that Rabbit is here. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she is not Rabbit's like close family. Yeah, primary caregiver or anything. That's the, the, the three moms, yeah. She was a big advocate for like the process that brought Rabbit into being. Yeah, like Rabbit kind of has, I mean, he kind of has 12 moms of varying genders with the entire coven right. although like i mostly the extended family i think he more thinks of as like cousins um and that's yeah. how he'll describe them if they happen to be in the same place and anyone asks but i also think hearing that i think that cold is probably also something of a maternal figure in his mind as is the totally. moon itself like the celestial body um i think he has a very complicated 
undefined relationship with the moon as like mm-hmm. that of parentage because in his mind he couldn't exist without the moon um but he doesn't know what that means exactly so it's kind of it's very steven universe rose quartz yeah. is kind of one thing i'm pulling from like early i've only seen season one so like early season one steven universe yeah but yeah and i think that the coven has not done anything to dissuade that thinking mm-hmm. i think they have told you you are of the moon yeah and you like we owe we owe you to the moon and we also owe like Everything. Everything to the moon. Yeah, there is there is a some element of kind of lunar worship. To Absolutely. The coven. Yeah. Is there anything you you do to prepare other than turning back into your more demonic form, which I definitely want you to describe because it's. Sick. I will totally do that. Um, I guess first to clarify, so we have. Um, I guess I'll read this move for changing between appearances, which is oh, what's yeah. going to happen. So they're all me. Is the move I'm invoking here. Define three starting appearances with the Keeper. Rabbit Moon, the Demon Boy, and Sage are two that we've met so far. You can become all three at any given time, but the transformation is slow and unseemly. If you try to transform rapidly, roll plus cool. On a 10+, plus, you do it no problem. On a 7 to 9, pick two from the list below. The others are false. On a miss, something goes wrong. So I wanted to clarify with the slow and unseemly, because we hadn't really put, like, a parameter on that. And I imagine it's going to be yeah. situational because I think the spirit of it is I shouldn't be able to do it in a turn necessarily. Right. But I would like, I mean, is it something where I could do it if I take like, you know, five to 10 minutes or whatever in private to like, because I imagine slow and un- unseemly, like you can tell I'm transforming and it's yeah. like gross and weird. And I don't want people to see me do that because it's gross and weird. And also it gives away my secret. Um, right. But is this something that I could like take an extended bathroom break uh, or something? My... Not, I don't think so. I think my conception of slow and unseemly because of the way we've written the move and because like I also am interested in situations where Rabbit is kind of forced to choose whether they want to transform or whether they're just going to stick it out in their current appearance. Yeah. My conception of it is at least an hour or an hour and a half. I think that feels right. Like I I feel like doing, yeah, uh, one plus hours, maybe depending on like, Honestly, how much Rabbit's able to focus on it. Like, if he's under yeah. a lot of stress right now, it might be harder. Um, maybe right. it's easier if he's being hit by direct moonlight. Um, right. But uh, either way, that works great for me because I would just like to spend the next few hours, a couple hours basically, yeah, turning back into demon mode before I go back home. So, yeah, Sage had just left the bar, walked straight to the back, hadn't said anything to anybody, had left her co worker finishing the game of Joust. Mm-hmm. Is Rabbit pretty confident that he's not being watched right now? Like, are there, I guess, I, should I roll for that? Let's make a roll. Let's make our first roll of the cool. season. Uh, roll me yeah. plus sharp. Plus sharp. All right. That is an eight, and I think my sharp is two. It is. So that is a ten. So when you look around and read a bad situation, roll plus sharp. On a ten plus, hold three. On a seven to nine, hold one. One hold can be spent to ask the keeper one of the following questions. What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victims? If you act on the answers, you get plus one ongoing while the information is relevant. I also am uh, amending this just slightly. If you want to ask me a like general question that is not on this list, I'm going to say you can do that for one hold. If you want to ask a specific question that's not on this list, you can ask that for two hold. Okay, cool. I think I'm going to, if I were to ask, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? Um, I think I'm going to start with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any dangers I haven't noticed, especially in my physical surroundings right now? Hmm. No. Then I would like to ask, what's my best way out of the alley? Good question. Are you trying to not get seen by your coworkers? I'm trying to not get seen by 
anybody, I think, right now. Okay. Uh, there is a chain link fence at the back of the alley with kind of like slats kind of along it on the opposite side from you. If you climb over the chain link fence, you know that that alley kind of like turns into a space between some buildings that almost never gets used. Okay, cool. <laughs> I guess what's the biggest threat? What's the closest to a danger I haven't noticed or maybe have? It's probably... You know what? It's probably just your coworker. That's true. Your coworker, she's probably gonna look for me at some point. She pops her head out the out the back door. <laughs> I just I put the phone. I, I take out uh, fucking Sage's phone and hold it in my head and just like hold up one hand like one second. Okay, and she she like gives like raises her eyebrows at you and gives you a look, but then pokes her head back in. Okay, cool. Um, I think given that she has already seen Sage out here, um. Sage is going to walk in, um, like going to wait like 20 seconds or so, um, mm-hmm. and walk in to the, to the bar again, walk past Reyna and be like, sorry, Reyna, got a call, got to go, uh, and walks out the front door and she's going to start walking home. I think I'm just going to go relatively straight home. Um, mm-hmm. the Sage won't like approach the house if anyone sees her do it. Um, mm-hmm. just because Sage doesn't know the Moon family um, officially. So right. I think she's going to like go around to the backyard. That's what I'm going to do, I think. I'm going to go around to the backyard. I had mentioned that there's like, um, I wanted the Moon house to be at least near like a big uh, field, basically, where they can do Moon right. rituals. So I'm going right. to go there. I call it the backyard, but it might not be on, on lot. Um, and it is, it is literally just an empty, undeveloped lot. Cool. Relatively confident that no one's around, because that's the kind of place this is. Going to transform back into... Moon rabbit, rabbit moon. Yeah, what do they look like? So rabbit in rabbit moon form has blue skin. Definitely, very much looks non-human, but is obviously like, but it's still like humanoid. Yeah, uh, demon boy, blue demon boy, moon demon boy. So he has got a couple of horns that are shaped like crescent moons, with the tips of each crescent moon kind of going towards the outside and and back um, of the head. So they kind of loop around towards the middle. Um, he has a head of fluffy white hair that kind of. Uh, droops down in the middle in sort of like a curly devil lock and also down on the sides. Um, other than it's pretty short and just kind of like just enough to sort of grab and, and scruff at the back of his head. Um, and he's usually wearing like whites and grays. His hair is also very white. Um, his skin is a very like nice midnight blue. Um, and in this form, he has a just like glowing white necklace, um, basically. People usually will see him with that in this form. He also has those big uh, white round glasses and big white round eyes. Um, a few fangs. Um, I, I mean, obviously, like, I, I will. I don't know that his appearance is always going to be exactly the same in this form, but those are the elements you might see on him and would see on him right now. Um, and you'll you you notice with his necklace that like that centerpiece of a crescent moon um, is almost like swaying and like almost like dancing a little bit uh absent of uh rabbit's movements or any wind or anything yeah i'm not gonna make you like we don't need to talk about the transformation process or anything like that Mm -hmm. other than the fact that just like slow and unseemly (laughs) rabbit is open about being a demon boy Mm -hmm. the thing that rabbit is not open about is the transformation between forms is that correct correct yeah so like he definitely has um like friends and relationships as rabbit moon um Mm -hmm. but i think he just tells them that he uh yeah he was just uh he was born to a family out of town um i think uh and he never knew his his real parents uh Mm -hmm. and um he has some weird magical abilities um 
he can move things with his mind, um, he tells people. And I think there's also a lot of rumors about Rabbit that he doesn't do much to dissuade because he's happy gotcha. to muddy the waters around what he can do. Yeah. So you walk inside and cold, uh, Rosa Kalyani is sitting at the dinner table talking to one of your moms. Which which one is it? I think she's talking to TC or Tissy. Okay. Rosa is kind of like throwing her head back, like laughing a little bit. Clearly get a, getting along well. What did we call Tissy's moon name? Do you remember? Uh, Tissy is Hunter. Hunter. Hunter Moon. Meg is Wolf. Tissy is Hunter. And yeah, Alec is Snow. So Cold says... Hunter, you you crack me up. Let me describe Rosa real quick. She is a slightly older black woman with short, like kind of spongy black hair. It is kept very short, kind of in an almost military style. I think she still carries a lot of the like physical training of being an astronaut with her. And so it is a little bit like imposing and is very like physically fit looking. Uh, also like quite tall. Oh yeah, Rabbit's also not tall. He's a manlet for sure. She kind of puts her arm over her chair as she sees you come in and, and looks over her shoulder and says, Rabbit, it's it's good to see you. Hi, Cold. It's good it's good to see you too. Uh, sorry I wasn't here earlier. I was uh, I was I was at work, one of my fun jobs. Sorry about that. That's all right. Would you mind if we and she kind of motions down the hallway. Oh, um yeah, Rabbit kind of looks at uh at Hunter. TC kinda kinda gives you a nod and like a smile and says, Tuna fish will be ready soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll just give my mom a hug quick. Um and uh, Rabbit does and just like um as as the embrace comes to a close, just whips in her ear, I'm gonna be okay. I love you. Cold does not wait for you. She walks oh. she walks down the hallway and into one of the rooms. She like knows this house very well she's been here many times but also the way that she does this makes it seem like she owns the place right totally rabbit kind of looks at her and does like a kind of joking smirk at, at his mom and is just like wow cold huh and then he turns and <laughs> goes to follow her you walk into the room behind her cold is sitting this is like a guest bedroom i think maybe rabbit has spent uh nights here when mm -hmm. when they want to be home near their family yeah um, and she is like sitting on the edge of the bed and she gestures for you to close the door. Yeah. Rabbit closes the door and then just kind of stands there watching and waiting. He has a very like student waiting for instruction from the mentor kind of vibe when he's alone with cold. How have your skills been progressing rabbit? Oh, um, pretty good. Not, 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 not too bad. Um, you know, just throwing stuff around and catching things and, um, making things spin and all that. Um, I honestly, I think maybe Moat's been coming along a little faster than I have, but you know, I've been doing my best for sure. Would you give me a demonstration? Uh, in, in here, it's a little bit, um, I mean, I, I'd be happy to ma'am cold. Of course. I just, um, it's, a, it can be a little destructive. Um, so just, I guess you, you'll be, she, she pulls something. She like reaches in. I think she's wearing like kind of a coat, um, even though it's hot, like she is like wearing this kind of like, you know, elegant kind of coat. And she reaches into the pocket and pulls out a little cube um, of metal. It looks like uh, it's like shiny um, and she sets it down uh, and it's like you can tell just by the, the sound it makes as she like sets it on the ground that it has a significant heft to it. And she says, can you lift it? Oh, um. 
I'll, I'll, I'll try. I think I can. Um, and Rabbit kind of furrows his brow and like, he, he holds out a hand towards it and he's never been sure if this is necessary, if it just helps him focus on what he's trying to do. Um, and he kind of tries for a little bit and I think maybe it, it might nudge. We're not quite sure. It's like, but he's like, ah, I don't know. I, can I have a second? Um, of course, Rabbit. And he just kind of like turns his back and he, he takes off his glowing necklace um, and holds it in his hand. It, it does kind of like float off his hand for a second and then start to go into itself and become just this ball, um, pretty small ball of like glowing light. He's like, all right, Moat, I'm gonna need you on this one again. He kind of tosses it up and catches it like a juggling ball. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, this ball of light kind of like moves side to side in front of his face and kind of bonks him on the head and then goes back into his hand. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Um, and he turns back around, just kind of like moving this ball between his hands and around. Like this, this light, it seems like he has a lot of control over or some uh, dynamic with. Um, yeah. And now I'm going to try to move that cube actually with my roll. So you are using an alternative weird move. That's correct. One of the alternative weird moves from the Tome of Mysteries uh, expansion which is called telekinesis. Um, we've flavored it a little bit to be more like gravity magic, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's really going to be as written otherwise, unless yep. I change my mind. But it reads, when you fling something with your mind, roll plus weird. On a 10 or more, you move it. Choose two options from the list below and mark one harm. On a 7 to 9, you move it, but it hurts. Choose one option and mark two harm. On a miss, something goes horribly wrong. By default, you can move something smaller than a person, you don't have much control, and you can't move it strongly enough to hurt anything. The options are something is held fast, something is hurt, something catches fire, you can fling something bigger than a person, you keep it basically under your control, or you suffer one less harm. So this is something that, so so that if I'm understanding, the, the default is that I can move things smaller than a person in general, or is that like with the role? can move things smaller than a person. I, I want to find uh, I think it up. is I think it is in general with this role. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And what what was and so this is probably I'm I'm assuming then denser than a person, though it is smaller. So the Correct. mass is gonna Okay, cool. Um so yeah I'm gonna roll and this is also fun. I this is a very conscious choice for me, but I gave Rabbit a plus zero in weird. Um because gravity magic, though it is what the coven basically like brought him into the world for and has mostly trained him in. Um, he's not great at it. The shape-shifting mm-hmm. is more what comes naturally to him, and that was a surprise. So. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I rolled two sixes for a total of 12. Um, okay, plus great. zero with weird. So on a 10 or more, you move it. Choose two options and mark one harm. So which options I are you I forgot I mark harm no matter what with this. That was yep. why I wanted to take that armor. So your options are something is held fast, something is hurt, which is two harm smash, something catches fire, you can fling something bigger than a person, you keep it basically under your control, or you suffer one less harm. Okay, so this is bigger than a person, so I think I have to choose that one to move it, right? Or to fling it? Yes, um, you do. I'm gonna do that one, and... Oh, you know what? I'm gonna suffer one less harm. I forgot that was an option. So I'm just okay. gonna, I'm gonna not be hurt by this, and whatever else happens, happens. Anything not okay. picked is true. Anything at all. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So you're able to lift it pretty pretty easily. It's a little bit shaky as mm-hmm. it kind of rises into the air, but for the most part, it is it is very solid. You're like getting a little confident with it, so you're kind of like pass almost passing it back and forth between your hands or like in front of your hands. Doing a little juggling routine with the cube and the and the exactly, the ball. and then it starts like it's almost like it starts 
orbiting, but it starts orbiting like in the air, something you can't see. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that orbit is getting wider and wider and wider and new ducks as it embeds itself in the wall. And you hear your moms like run down the hall and there's a knock at the door. It's okay. It's just a demonstration. Just a demonstration for ma'am cold. Sorry. I'm so sorry. He like opens the door. I'm so sorry. I think everything's okay. I don't think I broke anything that can't be fixed. I'm so sorry. It's, it's okay. It's okay, honey. And they close the door again. Cold is, is standing now and she, the look she's giving you isn't disapproval. She's not giving you anything. That she's not right, giving yeah. you any praise and she's not admonishing you. She's just looking at you. And she reaches into her coat again and takes out a letter, a sealed envelope. And she says, I need you to deliver this to the address written on the front. Uh, Make sure the person inside gets it. He's a shorter man, orange, curly hair. You'll you'll know him when you see him. Okay. Um, Any uh, notes, I guess, on my my performance there with the the very heavy cube? She looks at you and reaches up and pulls the thing out of the wall. And she says, no. Okay. And then she walks out of the room. Where is Nami usually on a Saturday? In the morning. In the morning. She would start her day getting ready in her room in the basement of uh, Hot House Flowers. Okay. And she would be playing some nightcore music on full blast. <laughs> uh, okay. And she's sort of just dancing around, putting her makeup on, uh, getting ready for a, a shift, even though it's a short shift, usually on a Saturday. Yeah. But she has to get ready. So Today especially, um, it is going to be a short shift, but you know you have a lot of work to do because there are several weddings that have contracted Hothouse Flowers to do their uh, wedding flowers. <gasps> Um, so you know that, that that needs to get done today because most of the weddings are early next week. Uh, and there's one of them that's actually tomorrow that they were kind of keeping things a little, you know, it was a little last minute, but they were insistent on the flowers being fresh and they wanted to kind of pick them up as close to the deadline as possible. Will you tell us what Nami looks like? Yeah, Nami is a very petite woman, uh, 24-ish looking. Mm-hmm. She is like five, three, five, four, and she has very long, fluffy pink hair that is natural, mm-hmm. lavender eyes, very, very pale skin, uh, but she always has like a lot of blush on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so, and she's wearing sort of like um, a shirt that looks like you might wear it to the club, but it's like kind of like a chainmail vibe mm-hmm. top and is in rose gold, a very flowy skirt with a pattern on it. And like, you know, a lot of necklaces and stuff hanging down as well. Like, like chokers mostly. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, you you make your way upstairs after you finish getting ready. There is no one else in the shop, but that is not unusual for you. The person who owns the shop, whose name is Heather, is an older woman who basically hired you on because she is not really able to manage the shop anymore. She still wants to own it. She still wants it to... Uh, continue, but she has been working this shop for a long, long time. And she's finally at the age where she kind of wants to retire and mostly just kind of manage it. But you are also the only other employee. So most days it is just you in here, unless Heather decides to stop by. Mm -hmm. 
So what what do you do first? I mean, like you have these these weddings to prepare for. Like, are you are you pulling flowers? Are you growing things? What what what's what's first on the agenda? I am going to um, start the process of growing some stuff, some of the specialized flowers, maybe okay. uh, that need to get done for next week. And then I'm going to start picking flowers up for the arrangements and start that process. When when does your shift normally like end? On a weekday, probably around five. Um, and on a weekend, I would say probably around like two. Two. Okay, great. Then you're going to have some time after you finish this before you're supposed to meet up with your friends, Rabbit and Kelly. Right. So you are sort of working through the, these flower preparations. When is the person that is doing their their Sunday thing supposed to pick up their flowers? Um, I would probably say towards the end of the day so that the flowers are still as fresh as possible mm-hmm. for when they come and grab them. So yeah, round two. Yeah. Okay. It's 2 p.m. Okay. They are not here. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Um... Oh dear. Um, do I have their phone number anywhere? You do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to call them. The line rings several times, and then you hear a automated voice box that someone like was kind of rushing to set up, and it just says, "Beep, hi, uh, I'm Ace Aruna. If you need to leave me a message, go ahead and do that. Bye." Hi, um, it's Nami from Hot House Flowers. I'm just calling because we have your order to pick up and we're a little concerned because we're about to close. Anyway, I hope everything's going well and I hope your special day is going beautifully and everything is fine. I just want to make sure you come by soon, okay? Oh, um, beep. (laughs) (laughs) Nami, how long do you wait? Uh, I will wait an hour. You have not received a call back and no one has come to pick up the flowers. Hmm. I think Nami at that point might try to get some advice from um, Heather if possible. I think Heather, you have Heather's number and you you maybe sent her off a text asking what to do, best practices. And she texts you back. I think she's like, I'm picturing her in her like 70s, mm-hmm. uh, but she is like surprisingly technologically adept. She still is has the thing of like texting back with like full grammar. So like capitalizing every, you know, sentence start and putting a period after every sentence. There's no like, there's no like unended sentence with a ha ha, yeah. but she's very good at texting. Mm-hmm. And she texts you back and says, if they're not here and you've left a message, you should close shop. Like you should close up shop, maybe leave another message with your phone number just in case there's they are can come by later this evening. But otherwise, they'll have to pick things up tomorrow morning. Nami sort of slaps herself in the forehead. Oh my gosh, I forgot to give them my phone number. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> she calls again. Hi, this is Asaruna. If you need to leave a message, just go ahead and do that beep. Hi, um, this is Nami again from Hot House Flowers. This is the number that you can call. It's 555-555-55555. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Nami, do you wait any longer? No, I think I'm going to lock up shop. Okay, great. That's good because it's getting very, very close to the time that you are supposed to meet up with your friends. So all three of you, where are you meeting? 
abandoned building. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Uh, is, now, do we have an abandoned building, or are we like touring? It, it, it abandoned is an. Sort of. I, I picture yeah. like a floor where like it's because it's like a building that's being built. It's kind of like the skyscraper at the divot, where it's like mm-hmm. it is it is functionally like there. They just haven't moved into it yet. Maybe they're wrapping up a few things. But I, I sure. picture a floor of a building that has been built that isn't being put to use yet. Maybe it's not completely done. Where you see those like clear plastic curtains kind of like around and there's still like yeah, debris yeah. all over the floor and stuff. And then we have like a corner where we have, I don't know, like soda bottles that are lined up like bowling pins. And we, <laughs> lo- so I, I like to imagine that we like, we have sort of a, um, a, a bit of a moving hangout because we'll like basically be here for as long as we possibly can either until we get kicked out of the places. Oh, sure. And maybe, yeah, this yeah, is, right. maybe this is like the second, or even third of like building we've had to rotate to, but we always set it up kind of the same. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so it's that. like we, we make our home where we can find it, basically. Yeah. Uh, which one of you is the last to arrive? I um, I will say that I um, I dip out of work early and like meet up with Nami at like as she's closing shop. Cool. Okay. And you guys maybe walk together to uh, we. By the way. <laughs> Because of the way playbooks worked out, Rabbit is the only one who owns a means of transportation. Oh <laughs> yeah, I do. So can which I means, can I pick them means, up right now? If you want to, yeah, absolutely. But what I was just going to say that means is uh, Kelly and and Nami, y'all either walk or take public transportation. Like you do not have a car. Yeah, absolutely. God, I'm trying to decide. I'm 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 going to just make this just like a just a for myself role to see because yeah. I, I in my mind rabbit is um like so he's unreliable but that doesn't mean that he is flaky sometimes right. he will be but i think that he will also like when it comes to his like really his two friends the two people who i think know him best um he probably tries to be a little bit more reliable and on time and stuff so I, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 basically gonna roll to decide if rabbit actually got there early um to okay. be, to just assuming he would see his friends right away or if he's gonna also be a little bit late and like driving down the road as they're like walking um, Great. Oh, so, while you're while you're doing that, I also wanted to yeah. ex- explain like because you're supposed you're supposed to get like you're supposed to close it to probably doing all of the close up shop stuff might take until like three. Kelly had like come at three, ready to just like grab you and go. So I oh. think I think for the entire time that you're actually closing mm-hmm. up shop, I the way I picture it is Kelly is like following you around, and then I I don't know like you're you're like. Uh, spraying down the floors or like you're doing some last minute things and Kelly is just like like grabbed a, a doorway and is like doing pull-ups or something like <laughs> just in the using the frame and the frame alone is just like doing pull-ups while you're chatting and stuff like any any instance of like stationary behavior is absent from from Kelly's being absolutely cool. and I want to make it very clear the entire time I'm working Nightcore is playing Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah, great. <laughs> so some high high pitched voices, very fast. Yeah, all about it. Yeah. So so does rabbit does rabbit arrive on time? I, I rolled a seven, which was seven or higher for he runs into them on the way. Okay, great. So I would I would love a moment of like you two walking to our hangout spot together once stuff is finally closed. Yeah, and then like there was two of them at the door, and they were just like, yeah. uh, "Hey, you know, we we." And this, okay, listen to this, Nami. You're not going to believe this. Uh-huh. So the, yeah. 
You you know that the girl the 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 woman that I've been hooking up with the liaison mm-hmm. from the city. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say she's a rat, but she kind of ratted me out. She like, <gasps> yeah. So they knew about me. They like came to contact me because she was like, oh Kelly, he's like, he's gonna be so good. He's yeah, he wants to be a part of your yeah. task force or whatever. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to say I told you so, Kelly, but okay, like, well, it I sounds did like you're gearing say, up to say I told you so. I did say that, you know, I didn't think you guys were like a great match. I'm not so. saying we were a great match, but she's <laughs> a great, you know, you know, not to be crude. Oh, wait. Hop in, hop on. <laughs> Uh, oh. And Rabbit leans over off the side of his motorcycle, his sick hog. Um, and my <laughs> my my question for the two, he has a motorcycle. <laughs> a motorcycle. I chose motorcycle and motor transportation. But I did this for us. But I have to ask the two of you a question: Who rides behind Rabbit and who rides in the sidecar? Kelly is not riding in the sidecar. <laughs> Naomi goes in the sidecar. Kelly cool. is not riding in the sidecar. <laughs> so yeah, he says, "Hop in, hop on." Okay. You or you can walk. Walking's fine. You look cool walking. I can get the place set up. Well, I don't know with your timeliness. Maybe I'll get there before you. Oh. Uh, eh, but here, I'm here. I'm okay, here. all right, gonna, all right. All right. No, he starts the engine again, but uh, you, you, you hop in. Kelly climbs on and cool. and definitely gets gets close. Mm. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and, and then Nami hops in the sidecar. Cool. The other question I have for Rabbit's two best friends, can you keep a secret? Yeah, well, can yeah. I? Like, Kelly, yeah. Kelly I, don't, I don't really need to ask Kelly. Can Kelly keep um, a secret? Obviously, Kelly can keep a secret. Is Nami one who can keep a secret? Nami is known as a person that people go to with relationship problems in the town, so she okay. knows. Yeah, and she doesn't spread everyone's business, so. Okay. So, it, it, it's reasonable that Rabbit would have ascertained that both of you could keep the secret that he transforms into different people, basically, and has been doing that for 25 years? Yeah. Cool. Um, then I think that outside of his family, the three of us are the only ones who know. Um, and you would right. also know about Moat, who is my little glowing ball of light, bestest friend from my whole time, um, who comes up and gives you both a little like boop on the cheek um, and hops back onto my necklace. Or actually, probably he's like part of the helmet right now that I take off and put on Kelly. Thank you. I was actually going to ask for a helmet. Sounds mm-hmm. good. And if since we're in the uh, divulging stuff sort of center here i i think you both absolutely know that kelly is the cryptid cool like it is like it is it is fully a conversation that we've had and it's like it just because he was like there's there's no way i'm gonna feel comfortable keeping this from you and like what if one day i i just like disappear or something i want you to know why basically yeah then as well I think it's only fair that you guys would also know that Nami is not from here at all. Mm-hmm. Not from Earth. Oh, okay. not from Earth. Hey, okay. secret time. Uh, Secrets time. <laughs> that Nami is not from Earth and was sent here by a goddess to stop the events of the last season and failed. Wow. I want a hard cut to y'all in this place that you hang out. Like I'm picturing, you know, we're looking out the like window of this place that y'all are are in. There's the little uh, uh, bottles set up in like bowling pins in the corner. Camera is like slow pushing in as the three of you chat. What are you talking about? So I had a dream last night. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I was listening to the the radio like a disc jockey, 
like uh oh you know what it was uh there was the there was a norfolk uh the fork uh, uh oh what the fork yeah 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 what the fork i was listening to the that segment of the i love forks like the like the utensil do you want a fork nami now okay yeah, actually, um, really now is that an innuendo Mo- little ball of light just kind of what? floats over and takes the shape of a fork <laughs> Any, oh oh anyway, no I, I meant i meant quite literally i hello the dream oh, I, sorry that I have. oh i'm so sorry you're talking about your cool dream it did well i'm not saying it's a cool <laughs> dream i'm I understand, like, I, you know, I'm not one to love talking about dreams and that kind of stuff because it's like, oh, you'll never believe what happened. Oh, my feet turned. Well, I always appreciate My feet it, turned though, to yeah. sand. And then I'm like, yeah, no, duh, it's a fucking dream. Have you have you dreamed about that? No, sh- uh, I'm getting off topic. Not, not last night, I mean, like, in general? Oh, if my feet turn into sand? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes my feet turn to sand. Sometimes my teeth fall out. Sometimes I fall off of a cliff and I just fall Where forever. do you think of these things? Nami, mean, you don't dream of this stuff. Right? I Do don't you? dream. Yeah. No, me neither. Not really. Like I'm still trying to. I'm, Rabbit. So just just to make sure I'm I'm hearing. Just to make sure I'm. I, I'm sorry. Come on. Okay. We can talk about other dreams in a second. But last night I had a dream. Listening to the disc jockey. Listening to the radio. We were you know what the fork whatever questions answer question question your bully answers all that stuff. <laughs> and the I don't know what this means, but there was a a creepy staticky voice on the other side. Like they they did a call in. And it was a ghost. It was like a dead woman or something. And she huh. was like, oh, I'm dead. I'm sorry. I called in and made everything awkward. And personally, I think the disc jockey did not handle this very well. Made the made the situation more awkward than it needed. In your be. dream, right? In my dream. Yes, in my okay, okay. dream. I'm just, I, sorry. I, it's, it's still a tough concept for me. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, this is why I'm telling you. Because it got really weird. And she was like, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm calling and making it all weird and awkward and stuff, but you know you got to get out of here. You know, if people can't be here. Quit coming here. You got to leave. There's something. Wait, is here like your dream? No, like no. She was I'm you about to get. I'm trying to do some. I'm trying to do some mysterious buildup. <laughs> At this point, Rabbit shares a knowing glance with Nami. This is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. D- you know, I'm doing like uh, I'm trying to have some three act structure here to, to to me telling you the tale of my of my dreams. So she, of course. So she's like, it's mysterious and there's something really bad going on in Norfolk, and okay. and some bad stuff's about to happen and people got to leave and they got to stop coming mm-hmm. here, or or at least that was my interpretation because at the end of it, the right. disc jockey was also like, hey, do you mean like coming to Norfolk or do you mean like here i don't i don't know what you mean by that and then she was gone it was like all static mm. and then i felt the static in my bones it was like in my body and i no matter how hot i i was like plugging my ears i could just hear it and it was like it was overwhelming it was like painful and then i woke up to my stupid alarm and then you woke up yeah no that was all in my dream that was all in my so, dream and now and then i woke up right. and i'm telling you about it now yeah that's cool that's cool that's cool it I doesn't mean, sound yeah. like you think it's cool well, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of internalizing and thinking about it because, you know, I mean, I mean, I, again, you know, I don't really experience sleep thought the same way that you do, right, um, right? Okay. But from from what I've read and from what I've learned, 
I mean, that sounds to me like it represents sort of a, an innate paranoia and a, a fear of change and the unknown, especially as we see it in our physical surroundings in Norfolk. I mean, I can see a lot of your life. No, but uh, the, yeah, being I've the never dreamed anything dream. like that before. Don't you think it's like I'm not I'm not asking you for like a psycho synopsis here. I'm, 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 I'm wondering if like you think it was some sort of premonition, you know, like maybe I'm getting some oh. maybe I'm gaining some powers of some kind. Maybe I'm getting a you little. You think it might have been like a future, like like not really a dream, but more of like. Like a, a, well, you said premonition. Yeah, is that's kind I'm of what you're thinking. You know, I've never, um, I've never. Oh, I don't think so. No. Out of the, okay, not even do a little humans, bit. Do humans have I don't that think ability? They, well, I don't think so. Well, listen, we don't know for sure if I'm human. Like, um, I know it kind of seems like well, I'm human, and that like I can't yeah. really not become not human. But like, I think the I'm holding out hope. There's a chance I got yeah. I got powers like latent inside mm-hmm. of me. Wait no, a of minute. course you, you have powerful. Wait a but, minute, this is. This is seeming really familiar, actually. Now, the more you describe it, <laughs> like the oh yeah, like the dream seems really familiar. Yeah, like I feel like I also had that dream. You had that dream. Wait, I don't think you dreamed, Nami. I don't. Wait, are you? But you with had me? that dream. Wait, hold on, are you fucking with me? No, I'm wait, not. wait, 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 Kelly, be quiet. Wait, Nami, you you don't dream, but you had the dream. Yeah. Huh. Nami and Rabbit both. You are having some really intense deja vu. Whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, actually, no, wait, whoa. I need you both to roll plus sharp. Okay. <laughs> roll plus oh, blade. <laughs> That's not great for me. Oof. I mean, I didn't roll horribly, and I think I sharpened my plus two, right? I rolled a three and a two for five. So that's seven. I rolled a 10, but minus one, so a nine. <laughs> okay, for both of you. Elements of what Kelly is talking about sound so familiar. You are having this like really, really intense deja vu moment where it feels like you've heard or seen or or experienced exactly what Kelly is talking about, even though you both don't dream, which makes it weird because that would mean it happened to you rather than it happened in your head. Mm. Okay, so both of you are not, you know, having a go around with me? You're not? No. I definitely was, but now that I'm thinking about it, that's actually ringing pretty familiar, Kelly. Yeah, but neither of you, Um, neither of you, like, sleep regular. You don't, like, dream, No, no, this is, like, the kind of thing, you know how I've talked about, like, my first few years of memories kind of coming in and out, and, like, I remember bits and pieces, like, that's as close as I think I've gotten to dreaming, right? Sure. I... It kind of feels like that. It's different, though, because this is like something that when it happened, whenever whatever happened happened to me, I definitely knew about it. But like the knowledge is all fuzzy now. It's like mid form, you know, It's like when you're between two kind of shapes. I listen to a lot of the radio. Maybe it just happened and you were like asleep, but you were hearing it, you know, like in your sleep. I mean, like, are you sure you haven't dreamed this before? Me? Me? Yeah, before? maybe you've told us about it before, and that's why it seems familiar. No, I have not dreamed this before. Hey, Kelly, roll plus sharp. <laughs> how sharp are you, Kel? Um, how sharp? Kelly is very sharp. I'm sharp. I got a four and a four plus two, so I got ten. 
Kelly, you, especially after having said this dream aloud, you are able to remember this dream, but you can notice the edges of your memory going a little soft. Dreams, even after you have them, most of the time you forget them, right? You wake up thinking, oh my God, I, ha I had this dream about blah, blah, blah. And then six hours later, you're like, what was that dream? This is not that. This is the edges of your memory beginning to winnow away. There's definitely something going on here, because this is like, I, I've never remembered a dream this well before, but now, like, I'm trying to think about it, and it's, it's weird. It's like, this, uh, it's like a memory that's, like, softening. This, and if that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you two are experiencing something similar, do you, like, do you think, should we call the DJ? <laughs> Nami, your phone starts to ring. Oh, oh maybe that's him. Okay, okay, rabbit. Hello. I don't know. You never know. Hi, is this um, is this Hot House Flowers? Well, uh, um, this is my personal phone, but I work there. Uh, this is this is Ace Aruna. Hi. Oh, right. You had flowers that you were picking up today. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm. I don't think I'm going to be able to pick those up. Um, I think... I think my partner might be dead. Uh, do you need a ride somewhere, Nami? Oh, um, gee, okay. Are you, how, are you okay? You can hear in the background police sirens and you can hear doors shutting. And Ace says, I I have to go. Um, I'm sorry, I, I can, I'll see if I can figure out a way to pay you. Um, I have to go. Before they go, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a move. Oh, okay. I'm gonna use my soothe move. Okay. Will you read that for us? Yeah, soothe, which is when you talk to someone for a few seconds in a quiet voice, you can calm them down, blocking any panic, anger, or other negative emotions they have. This works even if the thing that, that freaked them out is still present, as long as your voice can be heard. Okay. What do you say? Okay, sweetheart. I know that's a lot to take in. I just... Listen, you gotta tell me what happened, so maybe we can work something out, we can get you some help, you know, we're used to working with grieving people a lot at the flower shop, like, what's going on? I came home from getting my suit fit, and there was a, a trail of blood um, in our house, and they're gonna, they're gonna think it was me. No, no, no. You were, you have, you were out. There, no, there's no way that that's going to happen. You're going to be okay. I'm a vampire. Hey, 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 Nami, Nami. Oh, get a, oh, get a location. Uh, where, do, They're going to think it was me. What was your address again, sweetheart? And Ace gives you their address. Okay. All right. Listen, you, you stay there. You know, well, you, maybe, um, I'll come by. Sure, sure. Well, I'll come by. Okay. I look at I look at the other two. Like, uh, I guess that's what. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Kelly. Kelly's gonna like lean over to Rab and is like, "Hey, get get me over there right now. Let's go. Let's start heading over." Um, Ace on the other end of the line says, "Okay, um, you're right. I'm feeling better. I'm gonna stay right here." All right. Good. 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 And on the other end of the line, in the background, you hear knocking at the door. Police, open up! <laughs> 